This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. I'm Ken Absak, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire here on Anchor, an Apple podcast, Google Play, and now Stitcher. And guys, gals, people, humans, orcs, whoever's listening, let's talk about Season 7 of Game of Thrones for a moment. We are uh, looking a lot towards episodes uh, in Season 8. Uh, AS Season 8 is coming. We are excited for it. Yes, we get it. We've been talking a lot about it, and there's things I want to talk about that. Still, the cold open. Eric Monroe had a great call yesterday about the cold open of Season 8. Could it potentially show the war already over? We have some thoughts on that. But I was talking with some uh, uh, friends last night after a show I was on, and the, the, the conversation of Benioff and Weiss going to Star Wars and all that kind of stuff, and and we've we've talked enough about Star Wars here on Daily Thrones this week, but uh, one of the one of the couple of folks actually there were big fans of Game of Thrones, and you hear that oh I'm a big fan of Game of Thrones, and they just really didn't like season seven, and a lot of people didn't like season seven. Now I I actually kind of love season seven. But I can admit some of the mistakes and, and, and faults. In fact, some of the reasons I'm not 100% thrilled that Benny Hoff and Weiss are moving to Star Wars uh, is because some of the things they've done in the later later seasons of Game of Thrones. Um, just the way they've handled some of the, the more controversial moments and, and kind of a sense of uh, being tone deaf to the rest of us having questions or thoughts about it. But... As it relates to season seven and the plots and the stories and the characters and how fast it moves, I think it's time for me to take a real good look at season seven. And maybe you guys can start taking that look with me episode by episode. We got seven to get through. So I'll be doing that soon. Not on a set schedule yet of when I will, but you'll you'll know here on Daily Thrones where I'm going to watch uh, each episode. And take a look at it and see now with time past. Season 7 is in our rearview mirror. Are there things that I like less than when I first saw the episodes? Are there things I have more problems with? I I find it weird because I have a tendency just to... I just love what I'm seeing. And I've said it before and I will stand by this. That hey, anything in the 80s, Game of Thrones at its worst, surpasses it. But that doesn't mean it should be immune from criticism, problems, and plots. So if you guys want to call in here, and I can post the calls when they're appropriate, or uh, even now we can dive on in before I start rewatching the show, uh, let me know what were some of your bigger problems with Season 7 of Game of Thrones, specifically Season 7. Was it uh, the handling of characters, the time jumps, uh, characters' choices being different than what we had come to expect? And what uh, some of the people were talking to me last night when I was uh, hanging out after the show, uh, that, uh, well, Game of Thrones is built on uh, going against tropes, going against certain things. And, and Season 7 just had a lot of the classic fantasy tropes that we maybe don't like or maybe 
not that we don't like, but Game of Thrones has gone out of their way to not follow those tropes. And that again, going back to what uh, you know, Benny Evans at the at the head of this now. There's a lot of people working on this show with them, um, so the blame doesn't fall on them if if there's blame at all. But it's just food for thought. I'm always pretty positive, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to tell you now. I'm probably going to come down on a positive side, even if I have big issues. But I just want to be honest with myself as a fan because I hear it so many times. Am I just tuning out? Am I just enjoying what I'm seeing, eating a big piece of cake and not worried about the health problems? Let's go on that journey. We're going to rewatch season seven here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken, Kevin Ross. Uh, I happen to agree with Eric about showing the destruction of the Night King. It falls in line with what I'm saying about uh, showing uh, past events with Bran because we have to justify to the audience the destruction of King's Landing. And here's why. Uh, I take you back to the Citadel and Cersei. From the show's perspective, uh, we're having a show trial to essentially dethrone the queen and impose a religious order. All of the nobles in the area and several other smaller city-states gather in a single location, and a wildfire terrorist attack has taken place. But from the audience's perspective, we understand Cersei's pain. We understand exactly what has happened and what has led her all the way up to destroying the Citadel and all of her enemies. The show has to justify to people why we are going to potentially murder up to a million people. That's why Eric and I are not so far off. So yesterday here on Daily Thrones, our regular contributor, Eric Monroe, called in with a great idea, a great thought, a great question about the beginning of Season 8. I posted a response to it, but I've been thinking more about it. And then uh, uh, Kevin from Three Cocktail Questions has this uh, idea you just heard with his call about, uh, yeah, uh, maybe we need to see what the Night King has done. We need to have a justification. He talked about Cersei and the Sept of Baelor and that kind of stuff there. And it's interesting. So what Eric had put up there, if you didn't hear it yesterday, was this idea of like, what if season eight begins with the aftermath, the aftermath of the war, and then we build up to the context. And I think there's a lot of different ways to interpret that. And I think I went a different direction. Maybe even Eric was explaining, uh, uh, Maybe we see the the ending of the entire series is actually the opening of season eight, and we work our way back to that point. And, and I more I think about it, Eric, it actually stuck with me today. I, I like that, and I like sticking to what you're saying there. Um, the what Kevin and I are thinking is maybe do we see do we see why do, does this create? He's talking about creating a need to justify to the audience why the Night King is bad, why what's going to happen is bad. And, and, and different kind of aftermaths. But going to what you were saying, Eric, I'm thinking more about it. I, I would be intrigued if if the we, we see the world post the destruction of the Night King and then we work our way back to that, or do we see it and build from there? Uh, I'd love to hear more of your guys' thoughts on this kind of trippy opening and what we could get out of that. We're looking back towards Season 7. We're still looking towards Season 8 here. In fact, I think Eric's got another great call about something. We may or may not see in season eight. Hey, Ken. So thinking about season eight and prophecies and all that, and my, my question for you is, do you think Lightbringer will be revealed in season eight? Now, it's only been talked about on the show one time by Melisandre back in uh, season two, but, it, you know, it was mentioned, so it is part, so it's definitely something that's part of the show, but do you think we will see 
what it is or who it is, you know, of course it's known as the Red Sword of Heroes, but I've always contended that Lightbringer does not have to be a sword. I think a dragon could be Lightbringer. I think a person, Daenerys, could be Lightbringer. Do you think that will be revealed in Season 8? Ah, symbols, prophecies, predictions. Game of Thrones is home to so many wonderful thoughts and theories and speculations and signs. Signs of prophesized heroes and light bringers, definitely one of those. And it is, as Eric said, mentioned on the show, which is key, because sometimes there are things that are from the original Song of Ice and Fire story, from the books that are so big and so important, but they don't move over to the show. They don't actually appear on the show, but we still kind of consider them true. The Valencar prophecy, uh, the prophecy of Cersei's death, is a prime example, perhaps the greatest one, because we talk about it. And I think what that prophecy is about Cersei's death, death will be answered or fulfilled in the show. But again, the, that word, the Valencar, never been mentioned on the show. Lightbringer has just enough, and we've seen it. We've seen Stannis pull the sword out of the sand, what he thought was Lightbringer, what Melisandre led him to believe was Lightbringer. So to Eric's question about will it be revealed on the show? Will it come back? Will it factor in? I hope so. That, when we were talking about those little resolutions that we need, is one I think I overlooked. I want to know what this all means. And the prophecy of Azor High Reborn. Prophecy... Prophecy that is on the show in a roundabout way, sometimes referred to in, in, in the prince or princess that was promised. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, it, it, it's handled a little slightly different on, on the show for me versus the book, but I think it all is generally the same. And I think if you got this, uh, you know, Jon Snow learning about who he is and, and learning more about some of the signs uh, through that birth and learning about the signs that Danny have, that Danny has that kind of syncs up to the prophecy. It, it could come down to something like Lightbringer or uh, what is considered Lightbringer. And I, I'm agree with, I agree with Eric. I don't necessarily think it is a sword. We saw Stannis with a flaming sword, but we've also seen Barak with a flaming sword. So... Who's to say, uh, you know, if someone shows up or Jon Snow suddenly has a, a flaming sword, and he's like, oh, this is the sword that's prophesized. Um, I think it would be easier to toss that aside. I, I do believe that as the prophecy uh, is fulfilled or or not, we will learn some of these answers. And I want it. I want Lightbringer in. I would still kind of like it to be an actual sword. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, Jon Snow with a flaming sword is not a bad visual. Uh, Daenerys Targaryen with a flaming sword, not a bad visual. But yeah, could it be a dragon? Could it be something else? I want that answer. I think it's an answer. I'm fine with a lot of things not being answered, but I, I want I want the prophecy of Zora High to be answered. And I want to know what actually means what when you're breaking down the prophecy. <laughs> 